It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Agriculture Conversation here on the LaneCast Agriculture Podcast. Thanks for being with us. It's a busy time if you're listening to this show here in July of 2019. A lot of rain falling down across the state of Montana and the West, impacting a lot of what's happening out there, especially haying season. And actually joining us here today is a rancher from central Montana out in between Lewistown and Grass Range. That's Chris Deshmaker. She is a member of the Fergus County Farm Bureau. And Chris was just out in Washington. D.C. out with fellow Montana Farm Bureau members and American Farm Bureau members from across the nation. And Chris, what's it like there in central Montana here today? Are you guys getting rain in the forecast here today? Well, not yet today. <laughs> it seems to come in in the evening. And, and so um, we had a, a pretty severe rain last night at about five o'clock. And um, it was real tough driving on the roads. And, and um, yeah, it was our daily deluge so <laughs> we we are getting rain on a daily basis and you're right haying is not going so well here in central montana have you guys even cut much and is it just laying out there what what, what is your guys uh, call? they've got some cut some bailed um just kind of frustrations with you know trying to hit the best of the best and so it's um it's slow because yeah they keep trying to put some hay down and not too much but well, hopefully the middle of this week it's supposed to warm up and hopefully folks can get some bales put up and, and some new grass cut down there for sure. And uh, you got to sneak away from the home operation there uh, just last week for the Montana Farm Bureau Federation's uh, summer Washington, D.C. fly-in. And, and Chris, was this your first time to D.C. or had you been there before? No, I've been to D.C. Um, several different times, some with um, 4-H groups, some just on a personal family visit, and and then once with the wife organization back in the day. So my ter- first time with Farm Bureau, but it was really a great visit. So who joined you from the Big Sky State uh, traveling east there? So, of course, Nicole Rolfe, our National Affairs Director, lined all of our fly-in visits up and stuff. And so she was already there for the Council of Presidents. So she um, met us and we all flew in from different parts of the state. Me from central Montana, um, Don Steinbeiser Jr. from Sydney, and Susan Lake from Ronan. So we had a great representation from different parts of the state. Yeah, you truly did there. Uh, the whole state covered a lot of diverse issues that uh, you as individual uh, farmers and ranchers have, from uh, water issues up in the northwestern part of the state to endangered species issues that a lot of Sydney irrigators have been dealing with for quite a long time and resolved, hopefully. And, and of course, uh, a lot of issues in central Montana. And, and I know one of those issues that you're very passionate about is the Endangered Species Act. We'll talk more about that in your trip to Washington, D.C., but first... Let's thank our sponsors of the LaneCast. The Public Lands Council is the only trade association exclusively representing America's western cattle and sheep producers. Join the Public Lands Council September 25th to the 28th in Great Falls, Montana for its 2019 annual meeting, where you can learn more about PLC's efforts to modernize the Endangered Species Act, support ranchers in managing predators on federal lands, and protect your ranch's historic preference grazing rights from reduction or elimination. Register today at publiclandscouncil.org. 
As a Montana Farm Bureau member, you have access to a lot of valuable benefits. Now you can have your savings on the go with the Farm Bureau Member Benefits app. The app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with Granger, Case IH, Choice Hotels, John Deere, and more. Plus, with the app, your membership card is on your phone for easy access. It's free. Download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau. We care for the country. And a big thank you to both the Public Lands Council and the Montana Farm Bureau for their sponsorship of the podcast. For more on them, just visit NorthernLandCommunications.com. Coming back to our conversation now with my friend Chris Deshmaker, and I know you're you're actually really interested in the Endangered Species Act uh, and the impacts that grizzly bears could possibly have on on your ranch. As in Central Montana, we don't have grizzly bears reported in that part of the state yet, but that could impact your family's operation because you are in the mountains right and um i attended the living with wildlife conference that the american prairie reserve and the national geographic put on in january and that got my interest really peaked in trying to um educate myself as to what we're going to be dealing with because i really believe bears are going to be here in the future um they're not that far away. You know, we had an incident in Stanford here a couple, hmm, 18 months ago, where two male grizzly bears came in and were on a Hutterite colony within their compound. And and thank goodness that the regional fish and wildlife director was following protocol and those bears were taken out and um, taken care of. And But that's not always the case with some of the directors and regional fish, wildlife people believe the bears need to have more chances than what the ESA is supposed to give them. And so um, the bears are moving habitats because of the population increase, and they're not very far away. A hundred miles for a bear is not very far. And so I really believe we're going to be seeing the grizzly bears in our area in the next five years. And I want to have a way of being able to manage successfully to protect our economic interests in the ranch. Now, you mentioned you attended that Living with Wildlife conference. Did, did you feel, were you able to voice your concerns with any of the panelists or experts that they had there? Did you feel that as a rancher in central Montana that your viewpoint was uh, uh, able to come across? And do you think some of those people that really don't agree with what we do out in the countryside, do you think they're receptive to that? Well, I got to voice my opinion. I'm not sure it was heard very well. (laughs) You know, um, they listened, but they didn't hear. They they still think they're, you know, the, the American Prairie Reserve people and the National Geographic people feel like we should all be able to live together happily. And, um, you know, they want to have the bears the grizzly bears and the black bears on the American Prairie Reserve lands and the wolves and all the apex predators. And so that's all they see is that they need to have these animals out there. They don't see the conflict of, of the, and the economics that those bears will cause within the ranching community. They think we should be able to live with that without complaining. Mm -hmm. 
And with that, of course, that's an issue that the Montana Farm Bureau has been a strong advocate uh, for on behalf of its members that set grassroots policy, of course, every fall there at the Fergus County Farm Bureau annual meeting. That's where the policy comes from the grassroots members, and uh, that goes up to the state level. So this isn't just ideas that that the Farm Bureau comes up with on its own. This is the grassroots members coming up with all these issues and it starts at the county level and goes all the way up to the American Farm Bureau level. And I think that's the most exciting thing as a Farm Bureau member for you to be able to travel out to the Beltway and uh, communicate with the American Farm Bureau who uh, represents uh, you as a, as a farmer and rancher every day on Capitol Hill. Right. And it's really encouraging to me you know we got to meet with all three of our congressional delegation um people and they all took time out of um their hearings that they were in to come out in the hall and talk to us senator danes met us in his office because he wasn't in a hearing at the time and he spent a lot of time with us and they want to see our grassroots people in their offices they really like that you know our our lobbyists do a great job for us on not just the national level, but the local level too. But there's nothing like hearing it from the producer that's out there with the boots on the ground. And so, you know, I give a shout out to Nicole Rolf. She, she really worked hard at getting these meetings set up so that we could meet with not only the congressional people, but with um, Interior Department and um, the American Farm Bureau people also. And so it was really an educational thing for me to be able to walk the halls of Congress. But it was really encouraging to know that our voice really means something to our congressional people back there. And they're very receptive to listening to our concerns. Now, when you met with the two senators and the loan representative for Montana, uh, trade, it's something that on radio and TV I talk about every single day, whether it's the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the trade disputes with uh, China, the tariff issues on pulse crops with India. What was uh, your uh, take on on sitting down with these three individuals that represent Montana? What, What did they say about trade, and what were their feelings on trade here as we move throughout the summer of 2019? Well, they're really positive on the trade front, and um, they really feel like the U.S.-Canadian-Mexico trade agreement's going to be coming up for a vote sometime, you know, after the August recess. It's it's the negotiations are going well, and they really think they're going to be able to, to see some movement on that when they come back from the August recess. So that's really good because... Um, you know, our our trading partners are important to our agriculture industry. It's it's a forty billion dollar trading partnership, and um, so having that U.S. Mexican Canadian agreement in place and voted on and enacted will be really helpful to all of us in agriculture. Now, what were some of those other issues that you spoke to our elected officials about, whether they are uh, specifically Montana issues or maybe national issues that impact every single Farm Bureau member? Uh, what, what, what were some of those issues that uh, maybe uh, some of those wins like WOTUS? Of course, we've actually, we're almost seeing an end to WOTUS, which has been a big push by the Farm Bureau to, to see a new rule for the waters of the U.S. But uh, what are examples of some of those other issues? 
Well, the really hot topic button right now is the broadband. There is a bill moving through, which Senator Tester is actually a co-sponsor of. It's um, Senate Bill 1522, and it's working to do a more informative real-world mapping of what broadband is available in the rural areas. I was, I was looking for the actual name of the, the bill. I've got it on here somewhere, but I'm not finding it. But it will um, do a um, remap of the broadband and where we're having service issues and, and where, because right now the FCC looks at it is okay in the sense as if one person on the on the block says they have broadband then they consider that whole block is having broadband so it's like you know one person in Lewistown might say I have broadband so the Lewistown all is covered with broadband and um, whereas that's not the case in certain areas of the state a lot of the state where the cell phone coverage and that is is lacking it's not showing that it's lacking because someone has good service in that area. So the FEC considers everyone does. And so this bill will remap and do a better job. And then that will allocate federal funding for broadband build out so that um, these different entities that are trying to, to do rural broadband building can get federal funding easier to get the job done. And so that's gonna help not only us in the agriculture industry with our precision farming um, mechanisms that have to use broadband and cell service coverage and that, but our healthcare for telecommunication and that kind of thing. So that one's one that we really worked on, the broadband. We talked to everybody we talked to. We talked about the broadband issue and how important it is for rural Montana to um, be able to have that coverage that is there for everybody. And and it was interesting. Um, Representative Gianforte said, yeah, I, I'm one of those that, that the mapping would really help out in Bozeman when he lives when he's home in Bozeman, he does not have good cell phone service where he lives. So, um, you know, they know as, as residents of Montana what it's like, but they can't uh, convince the powers that be back there that it's not as good as what the maps say. So that's a really exciting one for Montana and the rural community. I know that's something that Montana Farm Bureau has been really working on and and American Farm Bureau also, because that's going to help the precision farming instrumentation and um, help us be efficient in our production. Well, and you mentioned healthcare. A lot of people don't think about that when when uh, broadband truly does help enhance uh, technological advancements that can benefit uh, the citizens of a rural community when they can just go into Lewistown for, for a medical procedure or information than having to drive all the way to Billings or Great Falls. It, it truly does help on so many different levels. Right. And, you know, we've I've... Used, I've seen the telecommunication work in our local hospital in Lewistown with a family member who had a medical issue that um, the, the ER doctors were pretty sure they were on the right track, but they needed some extra help. So they got a doctor from Seattle on the telecommunication port and he could actually um, control the, the screen and 
did a visual exam right there from Seattle to Lewistown. And, and that's really nice that we have that opportunity because it makes our lives so much easier if we can do some of that local doctoring from our local hospital in Lewistown and not have to go, like you said, out of town to Great Falls or Billings and travel. And, and so it's an important aspect that can help keep the cost of medication down and, and medical down in the rural communities. So it's an exciting thing that um, we can move forward with some of those things. It's exciting and it truly is very vital. And of course, another vital part of rural communities are what commodity prices are for, for farmers and ranchers. And uh, an exciting opportunity that you and your fellow Montanans had was actually traveling over to the uh, Commodity Futures Trading Commission and met with one of the commissioners, Brian uh, Quintez. Am I saying that right, Brian Quintez? Yeah. And uh, what, what, what did you learn there? I mean, we, we always talk about what the, what the futures are trading at, and uh, there's always questions about if, if the futures are operating correctly, but what were your big takeaways there? Well, to me, that was the most interesting meeting we had. I found all the meetings really interesting and informative, but this one was a really um, – commodity futures are something that um, our family dabbles in, but I don't really understand – and so it was kind of um, intimidating for me to go in not knowing, you know, but um, I felt really confident that this man is really working for our industry. And so first thing he talked about was in um, proving, improving the enforcement procedures for the spoofing that goes on in the markets and that they are going to really step up the enforcement, which will really be a key in helping make those those markets more um, useful for the agriculture commodities as a marketing tool for us, because that spoofing really um, puts swings in the market that aren't really truly being driven by the markets. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, when you go to the bank and buy and get a loan on your your cattle to feed in the feedlots they want you to um put them on the you know use the commodity markets to protect your market and so it's really nice to have a market you know is is a true market and not being manipulated by speculators and stuff although you know there's going to be speculation in the market because that's kind of what keeps it going but it was encouraging to me for him to know that we need to have a true transparent market when we're using those commodity futures for our marketings. And then he um, talked about how the USDA is changing how they release their their market um, reports to try and keep it from giving those markets the swings that it can have with when those market reports come out on a weekly, monthly basis. And so they've, they've done a lot of tracking to find out how much those markets are, those market reports are affecting the swings of the market and trying to figure out how to minimize that to give us a, a true transparency in the marketplace. And so they're probably going to start doing some um, marketing report releases after market close so that there's some time between market close to the opening for those um, 
traders to to not be using those markets to make such a swing on the market. So that was really encouraging. And then the thing that I found most exciting was the fact that he and his staff are going to be visiting 13 different agriculture states to talk to people with boots on the ground to find out, you know, what's working for you in the markets and what's not and what can we do to change them. And they will be coming to Montana sometime scheduled in August. So they'll be talking to producers to see how they're, you know, what could be changed to make the markets better for usage and, and a better tool for us in our marketing process. Now, uh, then you also had the opportunity to travel to the Department of Interior. And of course, uh, the Department of Interior administers and, and looks over all the Bureau of Land Management areas and uh, does have a really big impact on on states like Montana, where there is a lot of public land. And of course, the multi-purpose of public land and includes the opportunity for livestock grazers to graze sheep and cattle out on those allotments as well. So uh, l- let's talk a little about who you met with and what it was like to go to the DOI. Yeah, we were scheduled to meet with Tim Williams, who's the deputy director of the internal affairs of the Department of Interior. But unfortunately, he was called away at the last minute. And so we didn't get to meet with him. But we did meet with Marshall Crutchfield, I think his name is. And um, he did a good job of visiting with us. He was kind of thrown into the meeting at the last minute so didn't have a lot of time to go to prepare or anything but we still got to talk about um the endangered species and the delisting process and he did say that they do have some rules and regulations that interior has worked on that will be coming out on the delisting process for the endangered species act and he he's uh, we had heard, you know, in the next two weeks and he kind of went, yeah, they've been saying that for a while. So it's it's forthcoming. He just doesn't know when they will be re- released. There's still some some lawyers to review it and that kind of thing. So but that was good news that that there's there will be a comment period for those new rules and regulations on delisting. And so we'll be looking for them and looking forward to being able to comment on them. And then we talked a little bit about um, Interior's interest in um, the wind, solar power, um, and how it can be used to to help do some clean energy stuff. And and I talked to him a little bit about, you know, we use a, a solar-powered pump on our ranch to pump a water from a remote well into a storage system. I said, you know, it's been pretty cloudy in Montana the last three or four days, we haven't seen a lot of sunshine. So that is pumping at about a third of what capacity it could be because I said, so, you know, solar is good, but it can't be the only, it's not dependable in our country. And so he kind of being from Florida, he kind of had, Oh, an aha moment that cloudy skies and nighttime, you don't use solar. And, And so I don't know that he had realized that solar might not be as in as efficient as people say it can be. And then we talked a little bit about what the interior is doing with um, the hunting and fishing access and the Pittman Robertson um, monies that people don't even realize are out there that are uh, uh, like a surtax on ammunition and that stuff to um, help put money in the coffers to increase hunting and fishing access and that kind of thing. I think that was more his area of expertise, so he is more comfortable talking about it and 
and seeing how there's a lot of people that don't understand those programs are out there, but we were all familiar with, with the program. So we didn't talk too much about that, but it's still good to have the opportunity to make a contact within an organization like interior that um, he now has names and faces of Montana farm bureau people to, to look, you know, back on if, if we ever need to contact him and, and so it's it's nice to be able to build those those contact information bases with with the different departments. And I I really think that um, Nicole Ralph had done a really excellent job of putting those meetings together for us to participate in with our fly-in. And yeah, that's disappointing you didn't get to meet with Tim Williams with the Department of Interior. Of course, uh, you may have heard him speak last year at the Farm Bureau Convention there in Billings, but uh, I've got to know Tim really well, and there's actually a podcast I've had with him and uh, Ethan Lane at the Public Lands Council discussing uh, public lands issues. Uh, so for our listeners out there, you can go back and, and listen to a little more about uh, why it's uh, really great to have a, uh, uh, a person that listens to uh, the issues that impact western ranchers and he's from nevada so he understands public lands issues very well but uh, like you said it's, it's great to be able to have that face-to-face contact and know that the, that people know who you are and are listening to your concerns and and that's the the best thing about being out on the hill and, and going up there and meeting with all these different elected officials and agency officials as well and uh it truly is something that everyone should do, but it's so hard to find time to get away from it. But uh, what would you tell someone to encourage them to take time and have their voices heard, whether it's in Helena or out in Washington, D.C.? You need to take the opportunities that are presented for you, um, like the D.C. fly-in. It's an application process with Montana Farm Bureau, and if you're chosen to go, then um, they pay your airline and your motel and, and most of your meals, and it's just a really good thing to be able to enhance you as a person and your farm and ranch, because these these congressmen and people really do enjoy listening, and, you know, if DC is too far to go, get involved in the process in Helena. Get involved in your local processes. When the um, BLM has a scoping meeting, attend. Let your local people know what your face is and, and your name and know that you're interested because we're a very small, small part of the puzzle. And if we don't speak for ourselves, somebody else is going to speak for us. And we don't always like what that somebody else is saying. So it is an important part of stepping up to the plate and getting your your name and face out there to our legislative and, and um, local and national people so that they know that we do care about what's going on in the legislative arena. And yes, it is hard to get away. For me, it's easier because I'm sort of semi-retired from the ranch. I I'm more grandma care for the ranch now than I am a, a <laughs> daily employee. So it's easier for me to get away. But, um, you know, for others, it's not as easy, but sometimes it's just a necessary thing to try and do. Chris, uh, I should also ask you, how did the Montana's Longest Table event go there at the end of June? Well, Mother Nature wasn't very nice to us, so we had to move it indoors to the fairgrounds, but it was still a sold-out event and a very, very fun time of um, coming together as 
city and, and country and having sharing a meal together that's made with Montana products. Yeah, it's it's a great event that um, Farm Bureau, Fergus County Farm Bureau is involved with, with the Lewistown Downtown Association and other ag organizations. And uh, yeah, we have a great time. And, and the, um, like I said, the tickets were sold out again. And it's just not as fun being indoors as out on Second Avenue in the outdoors on Main Street. Well, I promise I will make it one of these years. I, I my, my buddies have to be slowing down getting married that, that weekend of June because I think I've had a wedding every single year that I've been invited to it. So I promise I'm going to get there one of these years. We'll keep asking. <laughs> well, Chris, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners here on the podcast today? I just want to give a shout out to Montana Farm Bureau and, and the President McPherson and the board for allowing the um, fly-in to happen because without their support, it wouldn't happen. And I think it's a really good thing to have, um, you know, I I had never done anything on the national level with, with Farm Bureau besides going to one AFBF convention. And um, I, I really enjoyed this opportunity to go to Washington, D.C., and to get to know my fellow Farm Bureau people, um, Don and Susan and Nicole on a more personal basis. And we had a great time. And I, it's just fun to go back there and see the groundwork that has been laid by past Farm Bureau members who have gone to Washington, D.C. and laid the, the work for the respect that Montana and AFBF Farm Bureau have in the legislative arena. And so I'd like to just say a shout out and thank you to all those people who came before us to um, build that reputation of Farm Bureau and, and, and provide an opportunity for others to be a part of building for the next generation that comes along. That is very true. And of course, the Montana Farm Bureau Federation is celebrating 100 years. Their centennial actually occurred back in February when the legislation was passed by the Montana legislature to approve of the Montana Farm Bureau's formation back in 1919. And now coming up here this fall, the big event, the big shebang we can call it, will be taking place there in Billings at the Doubletree Hotel and the Northern Hotel. And Chris, I know I'll be seeing you there for that. And of course, for more on the Montana Farm Bureau, just visit mfbf.org today. Well, Chris, I I hope uh, the weather gets uh, better out there for everyone trying to put hay up there at the ranch. Me too. The sun is shining and the blue skies are blue for now, but that might not last all day. That's how it is across this whole state here. I, I think we're going to get a storm here about 4 o'clock here this afternoon. So, Right. Hopefully we're by not Wednesday. the only ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much, and thanks for sharing your experience of heading out to our nation's capital to advocate for Montana agriculture and for your fellow Fergus County and Montana Farm Bureau members. Uh, uh, Thanks for taking time away from the operation and advocating for the industry. All right. Thank you, Lane, for all you do. It's, it's great to, to be able to share agriculture's message to our fel- my fellow producers and, of course, to our consumers out there. So, Chris Dashmaker from the Fergus County Farm Bureau, thanks for joining us here today. As I mentioned, for more on the Montana Farm Bureau, visit mfbf.org today. That'll do it for today's show. We'll catch you next time 
I'm Lane Nordbaugh. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.